So how about this? So how about this? What's your name? My name's Rafiq Shaheen. My name's Alan Dempsey. Back in May... When's Mother's Day? I think that's May, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm hanging out with my then fiance and her family, and she wants to watch a movie. It's Mother's Day. And we, we can't decide what movie. Yeah, obviously, you pick something up a Hallmark, correct? Yes. I go outside, and I'm doing something outside. As I'm walking in the door, she meets me at the door. She goes, I have the movie we're going to watch. She goes, I don't even want to tell you. I don't want to tell you anything about it. Just this is what we're watching. I'm like, all right, I'm game. I didn't even know the title of this movie going into it. I didn't know what the name of this movie was until it came up on the screen. Okay. Now, I have since, as soon as the credits rolled, her and I both immediately, like without even communicating with one another, we just both downloaded the movie poster and texted everyone we've ever met. And we were like, uh, watch this movie. And I was one of those recipients. You were one of those recipients. So you already know more about this movie than I did going into it. You know that the title is... Do you remember the title? By all means, share It's called it. Assassin 33 AD. What did you see on this movie poster? I saw what looked like uh, the Hell Calvary. Mm-hmm. Uh, aliens, uh-huh. and like maybe like some weird pseudo religious imagery. Like I'm not. Yeah. So kind of like uh, like that movie that came out. Like I, I think it was like Ellipsium of a Thousand Worlds or whatever, mixed with like Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, on the movie poster, it's the three crosses on Calvary, but in the top, there's just some weird sci-fi looking shit yes. like coming out of the sky, basically. Um, I've also, I don't believe I've told you any plot points. No. But and I, I haven't seen it. Oh. Yeah. But I also kind of gave you an idea of the emotional roller coaster you're going to be on watching this okay, film. Okay, okay. And I told you, a, I, I know I told you about one character just to, I didn't tell you anything they did, but I remember telling you, like, just to give you an idea of the kind of movie this is. There's a character who, and I just kind of described his personality. Okay. So, you already know way more than I did going into this film. So what's going to happen is we're going to turn this camera, or this camera, we're going to turn this microphone off, we're going to watch this film together, mm-hmm. and then we're going to turn the microphones back on. I would like to get as completely fresh of a reaction as I possibly can because you really don't know what you're in store for here on this film. And uh, anyone listening to this, you will not be disappointed. I, you have my word. Before you listen to the rest of this episode, go get your hands, however you do it, on a copy of the film, Assassin. I don't even know if it's Assassin or Assassin with an <laughs> S. It, is it singular? It is singular. Assassin, singular. Assassin, 33 AD. You will not be disappointed. Watch this movie. Then... While the credits are rolling, hit play on the rest of this episode. And we will be watching it shortly. Alright. No, just kidding. And there we go now. Let's try it now. Our live. What the actual fuck? 
if we didn't make it clear prior, we're going to just talk about this movie. We're not worried about whether or not we're giving spoilers. So you just, you really need to see this movie before you listen to this episode. Right. You might just five, four, three, two, one. We already did that. But, now. Yeah. How do you feel, Rafiq? What's going on inside of your body, inside of your mind? It's a weird mixture of like rage, uh-huh. like physical, actual rage, like legitimate rage. Like I want to go and find these people. Like you know that Jay and Silent Bob uh, make a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Where they go in door by door with that list of names, and they're like, "Are you so and so?" I want it. I want that list, but for everyone who worked on this film. Yeah. Because this movie isn't so. Such a weird mixture of like offensive and like brilliant, terrible, and like just awful, awful. Right? Like it's so bad, but it's so amazing. And it's so pretentious to think that they would get a sequel. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I guess there are going to be people who listen to this without seeing the movie. It's about. Of a Muslim guy who sends people back in time to kill Jesus. But, I mean, I'm not going to do a plot breakdown. I'm not wasting my time. We need to just... I've got a list of things here. Do you have anything you need to get out of your system? You get anything out of, off your chest? Are you just ready to go right into this list? Or I, what do you want to do? I have to say, one, there were way more predictable moments than I thought there was going to be. Well, I would say predictable in a... Oh no, they're not gonna. gonna. Right, yeah. Not predictable, like oh, obviously they're gonna. But uh, oh right. no, no, they, don't yeah. don't do that. There were several moments where I was talking to you where I was like, they wouldn't do that, <laughs> yeah. right? And you're like, oh, you think they wouldn't? I was like, no, they wouldn't, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> what was your favorite part? <sighs> I ooh. I, it's so hard to narrow down a favorite part of this movie because there is so many moments that are like both brilliant like like, offensive. I feel like you are in Assassin 33 AD shock. Yes. Which is, that is what happens when you watch this movie for the first time. So I feel like maybe the best way to do this is for me to, I'm not going to go step by step, but just go through some of the things that I wrote down this is the second time i've seen it um uh let's talk about the fact that jesus downloaded a language pack right yes (laughs) so like the people who didn't see this movie there's there are two three distinct moments where jesus just starts speaking english to Mm -hmm. people which you and, were, and what happened in one of those right. three moments? Let, let me get there. <laughs> okay. The reason why I say that is because, like, you would normally see a moment like this, and you'd be like, "He's the Son of God." Sure. So clearly, he can just speak whatever language he wants, <laughs> right. right? He doesn't have to do anything. That's what Jesus does. Is he's a communicator to everybody? Yes. But in this one. There's clearly a scene where, like, his eyes roll back into his head like he's from the Matrix. Well, the guy from the future is talking to him. Him. He doesn't understand him because he's speaking Aramaic. (laughs) Yes. And then he stops for a second and his eyes roll back in his head and then he can speak English. Right. So Neo sent a language (laughs) pack through the Matrix into Jesus' brain (laughs) so that Jesus could speak English. 
It's so mind-boggling. Like, I love, I love the notion of this would be, this is the Matrix 1.0. (laughs) This is the Matrix after they're like, well, we can't give them a perfect life because they just reject that. But if we give them kind of a, kind of a life in a city someplace. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about how when Jesus resurrects, the stone explodes. Oh, it's it's oh. not rolled away. It blows it, it outward. It blows outward, and I, the Roman soldiers flee. I that's that was a moment. I keep on coming back to this because this is clearly a movie designed for. I'm going to call them pseudo Christian audiences. Sure, I'm sure everyone who would watch this movie calls themselves a Christian, but like. There's de- like definitely the person who wrote this film was like, ah, this isn't blasphemous, blasphemous at all, right? It's cool. And there's so much where it's blasphemous. And like this moment where the stone blows outward and they literally go, I think there was a time there. Mm-hmm. And like there's a flash of light and they go, I think that's the same thing as when we time travel. <laughs> Implying well, no, no, because the the bad guy was in there with Jesus. When everything started right. to shake, he freaked out and zapped and went back to the future. Yeah, but also, if you notice, the shroud in the body, when it vanishes, it vanishes in the same oh, fashion. God. Except it's a white light instead of the dark Ooh, light. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Okay, so now we're... Pretty much implying that Jesus is some kind of time right, traveler. Yes. He didn't just rise from the grave. Right, he went like, through some kind of sci-fi time travel right. himself. Plus, and like, they do the Bill and Ted's be excellent to okay, one another. Okay, so those. the two guys from the future are... So the bad guy from the future goes into the tomb to prove that Jesus is not going to resurrect, that he's not Son of God. Even though he still just vanishes. Yeah, well, then everything starts to shake. There's like an earthquake. He freaks out. He, he jumps back to the future to avoid the earthquake. Like the future guys, the future guys go into the cave, and he had left all these glow sticks around so he could see. And I believe the line, I think I wrote it down, is, uh, oh, maybe I didn't write it down. We know someone was the future from the future was here because there are glow sticks. So then, when the two women, the angels in the story, who tell the two women that Jesus was resurrected, they're not actually angels. It's two guys from the future holding glow sticks. So the two ancient women think they are angels. So our main characters keep finding themselves in the place of people of the original story. Right. And so instead of angels, which would be the proper, not offensive Christian belief, right. it's actually two dickheads from the future who are both doing the Bill and Ted hand on the heart, right. arm outward, <laughs> which I, I didn't notice the first time I saw it, but I, I uh, can't be a mistake. It no, can't be can't. a mistake. Like, someone had to direct that moment. They're like, well, you, you can choose any way to be expressive to them. So I was like, oh, what if we... You saw Bill and Ted, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, this is like Bill and Ted for dummies. Like, that's what this movie is. <laughs> so, again, I'm going to jump around. So we're going not at all chronologically. I just I just need your... I know you're in shock. You are in, yeah, you are in the shock the, that you're in when you see this movie. Th- this is like... <laughs> This is like Ed times Ted. Right? Ed the Machine Regime? Yes. Oh, wow. Because when I watch Ed, there's a moment where I go, I get like, 
laughy giggly because I go like this is so terrible it's mm-hmm. amazing and then I just get exhausted <laughs> yeah right and this movie has drained so much out of me <laughs> like you we watched the movie together how many times did I have to pause the movie to just yeah. be like I need a moment <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I need yeah. a moment to talk about this or to leave the room or something I just need to recharge before I engage with this again um so Okay, the movie very clearly establishes that separate timelines are... It's not just that you go back in time and change something. You actually create a new timeline when you do that. The movie's very clear about that. So originally, the bad guys succeed in killing Jesus. Right. Then they go back and stop the bad guys. But according to the laws of the film, that means... That there is a timeline right. where Jesus got double tapped in the fucking head yes. by soldiers. And that that's how that world ended. Right. Because just to explain for the folks at home, in case you didn't see the movie and you jumped into this insanity anyway, their time travel works is you go back in time and then it takes a moment. Right? For some reason, you go back in time and then it takes time. For history to rewrite itself Mm -hmm. so that way the new timeline that you're in becomes the permanent one so their explanation was like it's like going back into the past and then things overwrite themselves like on a computer novel time travel rules i guess you know like a little bit different i think the point is that there is a timeline where jesus got double tapped in the head i think that's the part that really needs to be focused on here but here's the thing right in that same timeline where jesus gets double tapped for some reason (laughs) that was you were going to my next thing (laughs) (laughs) uh young not fez Hispanic guy yeah. whose name I don't even know if they ever gave I, us. I'm sure they did. <laughs> he was he was the weirdo who had a stuffed penguin. Yeah, for, for, for no reason. There was a, there, like I'm not trying to be contentious when I say this. There were a lot of people in this film where like character traits. I was like, are you sure you just didn't see an autistic kid? Yeah, and you're like, this is what scientists do. <laughs> right. So weirdo guy, he gets. Brought back to the present. Right. And then the timeline starts... Timeline B. Timeline Jesus got killed. Right, timeline B. And the world starts to rewrite itself. And the the main bad guy... For for some reason, the building that they're in just becomes a beautiful garden. Right. And the main bad guy starts going, Oh, praise Allah, it worked. We killed Jesus. So first of all... (laughs) His... His... Muslim utopia was now it's a garden. Right. <laughs> but then inexplicably it just becomes a dystopian future. Like the right. buildings, they went from a building to a to a garden to a city, and the city's on fire, and the buildings are falling down, and there's this green gas yeah, in the air, and uh they're like, what happened? And and little scientist guy is like, oh, well, this is your Muslim utopia. You're in a world without forgiveness. Then the Muslims inexplicably disappear. Right. Uh, we don't know what happened to them. And the poor good guy is just stuck now right. in dystopian Muslim gas world. And according to the rules of the film, 
He's just there and now. Forever. He's forever. Until he dies. Right. And it's like nothing about him changed in that moment either. Right? <laughs> no. It's not like he suddenly said, like, the he's changed into that world and now he looks like Mad Max. He looks like the same guy. <laughs> so he's got all the same nerdy skills. Yeah. Right? He's just in, like, green gas world. Yeah. You know, that's where you just got to live forever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's he's just thing. stuck there. He gets right. fucked. Uh, Jesus gets legit killed, not on the cross. He gets double tapped in the head. I can't say that enough. And also the poor little guy who get okay. There's a post credit sequence or mid credit sequence where because one of the things that happens in this movie is multiple versions of these characters start like multiplying. Right. Like one guy will go in time back in time. And then another version of him will go further back in time or whatever. So you end up like dealing with several different, which I think is the only part of the movie that's actually like great. Right. They, they really do a good, legitimately good job of juggling. There's like three different versions of this person and they're all operating at the same time. And it totally makes sense, you know? So a version of our characters that we thought had been killed... Turns out they didn't get killed. They go to the future to find medical assistance and they end up in the Revelations End Times. Which means that the movie we saw was its own separate (laughs) timeline, but then another set of these people are in a different timeline where they end up at the Revelations. Also, you have to remember, specifically in that form of event, they go the Antichrist wants. Him, yeah, I don't know what which, the Antichrist wants with them right, or something like because that. Because the like the thing I love about this is the notion of like the Antichrist exists, but he doesn't understand time travel, so he definitely. <laughs> well, maybe he did. That's why he needed those guys. Yeah, okay, fair he enough. He was like, "Oh, those are the guys I'm waiting on. Get them." Um, okay, so there's a moment that never makes any sense. I've seen this movie twice now. It's a complicated reason, but one guy starts getting messages from the other guy's dead wife. Right. And we don't know why. We don't know how that relates to even being Christian. Right. There are no Christians who believe that your dead relatives speak to you through someone else. That's not how that works. So, he starts getting... Guy A starts getting messages from guy B's dead wife. And Guy B at one point goes, was that my wife? Guy A goes, well, I don't know. And then he goes, well, she had a British accent. And Guy B, like, slumps on the floor, uh, you know, relieved. Because he's been shot. Well, but also he's, like, relieved. Like, yes, that was from my wife. Now, that goes back to the beginning of the movie when he's with his wife. She's not British, but she playfully says something in a British accent and he goes, oh, you in that British accent. <laughs> right. So then later, when the guy says British accent, he goes, oh, I know that's my wife. You know what would have been a lot easier? Is if wife just had been British. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what's even more confusing, though, is the notion of, like, his dead wife's in heaven or paradise or wherever. Wherever, yeah. And she just decides to start playfully sending <laughs> messages to people in that British accent. <laughs> like, there's no reason for her to ever do it in a British accent for this guy <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. There's no moment where she goes, well, he's not going to know it's me. Right? It's not like I could tell him the names of our children. Right, right, right. right. I couldn't, who who that, were main nameless throughout the film. That one memory that only I would know. Yeah. Right. Uh, 
I'd like to talk for a minute about the fact. The value of human life in this film. <laughs> it, it's, it's very, very confusing. <laughs> yes. So clearly all of the good guys and all of the Christians, well, there's only one, I guess, really devout Christian in the film. Maybe the little Hispanic guy who got caught in Muslim land. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the main guy... Oh, Jesus. It's hard to talk about this without going into all the details, but... The guy at the beginning of the movie who loses his wife. He's in the car with his wife and he says to her, this is going to be a big change from killing terrorists to working for a private research company. Right. He says, from killing terrorists. He says those words. Later in the movie, after she's dead, he wants to kill himself. He puts a gun under his chin and he goes, you know what? I'm no killer. No, I'm no coward. I'm pretty sure he said killer. No, coward. Okay. Okay, then I misunderstood that, because later, later in the film, he says, I've never killed anyone, or I didn't kill anyone, which I guess right. still... He's, okay. not, he's not about killing Amy, okay. which is Tits McGee. So, the, the, piggy, piggybacking from that. Um, okay, so... The good guys end up in a physical altercation with the bad guys, and one of the good guys stabs the other guy in the heart. The bad <laughs> yes. guy. And it's really like slow. It's not like gory, but it's it's a violent image. Yeah. He's slowly like, plunging this thing into his heart. Like, do you remember Saving Private Ryan? It's been a while, but I've seen it. That, so, in Saving Private Ryan, there's that scene where uh, the youngest guy, who's like new to the core, it stands by while they watch him, the German soldier, plunge a knife into his friend's heart okay. slowly. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is not even the dollar store equivalent. This is the Sable-Lot version of that scene. Nice. Um, so, <clears throat> the guy who just, they just killed every bad guy in the room. All of them are dead. There's been a shootout. Somebody <laughs> right. got stabbed. Kind of a shootout. So... <laughs> As Hero is like leaning against the wall and starting to die, he gets his girlfriend to pull out her app, her Bible app, which is called iDisciple, which I just looked up and is a real app. <laughs> <laughs> so she pulls up her iDisciple to read the Bible. She reads the part where Peter cuts off the guy's ear and Jesus responds with, hey, am I here to start a revolution? And the main character goes, skip past that part. There's a whole chunk there where Jesus is saying, don't commit violence in my name. And the movie says, no, 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 don't worry about that part. Because he wants to get to the part where he finds out that he's the guy in the Bible who had to run away naked because earlier in the movie someone stole his clothes and he right. had to run away How, naked. Just, and Okay, so this is just a basic problem with the main character about being unlikable from the get-go. But, like, how arrogant do you have to be <laughs> to be like, well, we've basically proven that Jesus was real, right? Mm -hmm. But, like... Who really cares what he says? What about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Where am I, just, I like, in the Bible? I'm more interested in the fact that the film doesn't want you to think too much about the violence <laughs> right. that was just inflicted on all the bad guys. Oh, no, no, no. Skip that part. 
just skip that part. Oh, speaking of skipping parts, here's another little bit that they skipped over in the movie that I found was amazing. Right, going back to their time, the they double tap Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right, going back to that moment, they show them in quote unquote Islamic utopia. For like 30 seconds. Before it becomes Islamic dystopia. Yeah. Right. But that implies that it actually was a utopia. For a brief time there. Right. (laughs) For a brief time there, because they were standing in a garden. Right. Islam pulled it off. Islam pulled it off for a little while. So the insane concept, at least to me, the insane concept behind that implies is like, oh, so in other words... Double tapping Jesus was not a bad decision. <laughs> eventually, like, eventually it became dystopian. Right, right, but my point is, is like when you, especially when you consider the end credits of like they're clearly fighting a battle where the Antichrist wants these two. Uh-huh. I go. So then there's no theoretical oh, difference wow. between these two moments. There's going to be a dystopia no matter <laughs> right, what. Right. Exactly. Oh no! I didn't even think of that. Oh, that's not right. good. That's not good at all. And there's and there's so many other questions I had because like part of the whole reason why this dude goes, we can time travel because he goes, if you change the past, you don't know how that could influence the future. Until they start time traveling, and then they go, well, who cares if we change the past? <laughs> right? Because the guy. Yeah, they start like, constantly changing the past. Right. The end of the movie basically reveals that they have become like a team of time travelers <laughs> right? who change bad events in the past. Which is so insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. and, and it's like all of this could have been solved if you had just done what the guy had originally asked for <laughs> and got back and saved his parents. Yeah. The main bad guy, yeah. if they had just saved his parents. Which is his whole impetus for traveling through time to begin with. Yeah. Right? Because it, 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 the whole thing starts off with bad guy goes, well, we're trying to create this teleporter. All right? And then the friend or main character goes, well, we accidentally created time travel instead of a teleporter. And the guy goes, oh, that's even better. Right? Because now I can save my parents. And he goes, well, you can't do that because then you'll be changing history. Mm. Right? The bad guy wanted to save the bad guy's parents. Yes. Right. Right. But then then the good guy ends up saving his own parents. Parents, right. Uh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so actually all of this would have been avoided if he had allowed the bad bad guy guy. to go back and save his own parents. Because the reason why the bad guy is the bad guy, his parents were killed by crazy Muslims when he was a kid. And, and, and uh, they, the movie makes sure to say, well, why is he working with the Muslims now? And one of them says, it must be Stockholm Syndrome. Right. Which I go, and this is an insane moment in itself, but I, I go, looking at the bad guy, I, there's a part of me that goes, okay, so you've established time travel, right? Your first thought is to go back and kill Jesus so that way your parents aren't Christian so they're still alive. Instead of, I don't know, going back in time and killing the man who's going to murder your parents? Yeah. Right? That's, that's a much shorter jump in history, right? Your parents aren't as important, probably, like, chronologically, so... So, here's another. This, I, I, if I do a clear enough job explaining this, I think this will really kind of crystallize the kind of movie this is. So, the future characters are witnessing the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. 
The main character, the, the main girl has been shot. The main character is, is got his limp girlfriend's body. She's dying. And he's begging Jesus, if you're the son of God, you can fix her now. You can save her. You can heal her. And Jesus just forgave the guy who killed him earlier. Right, I think his name because is Grant the, or whatever. The people on either side of the cross, like the thieves, right, yeah. the two thieves that he's re he's uh, crucified, crucified with, are people from the future <laughs> who stole a tomato because they were hungry. Right. Then they got captured by the Romans. So the two thieves, the two fucking. Biblical thieves are the guys from the future who are characters in this movie. So, Jesus forgives the guy who wanted to kill himself earlier, who's mad at God. And the guy who killed him, by the way. Yeah, the guy who, yeah. There was the guy, this guy, his wife died, he wanted to kill himself, I'm not a coward, he's cursing God the whole film, he double taps Jesus, they go back and allegedly keep the double tap from happening, he gets caught, now he's being crucified, and he's asking for forgiveness. And Jesus gives the line, you know, you will be with me today in the kingdom of heaven. And so the main character's on the ground with his dying girlfriend, and he's like, you forgave him, but you won't fix her. You, all right, he's mad at him. And Jesus says, this is where, like I say, I think to me this crystallizes what this movie is. Jesus says, to save Amy, you have to forgive Brent, the other thief that Jesus forgave who's from the future, who earlier in the film killed Jesus. So to for, so Jesus has made Amy's being saved contingent <laughs> upon right. whether or not the main character forgives Brent. This Amy dies. <laughs> right. She never gets saved. But our main character goes back to the present where Amy is still alive... And he forgives that version of Brent, who's never gone back in time, who's never killed Jesus, who doesn't know what's going on, and that's when present Amy shows up. And main character goes, yay, I forgave Brent, and my girlfriend is saved. No, she's not. She fucking died. One of the things that I loved about this insane journey we just went on is, like, not only are there so many plot points like that but and, like, acting problems like that, there are so many moments where characters are interacting with each other in the most awkward of ways. There was a scene at the beginning of this film guy who goes on to kill Jesus the first time, Brent, right? Yeah. Is in evil guy's office, right? It's like day one. And, but like, e big bad goes, I know this is a difficult time for you, right? You just lost your wife and kids. Take all the time you need. And the guy goes, nah, I prefer to keep busy. And I go, I can understand that as, like, an employee-employer relationship, Right? Being like, okay, you want to come into work? I get that. Fine, right? And you think that's just going to be the end of the scene and they move on. Guy whose wife has just died then proceeds to awkwardly tell his boss, like, oh no, just really appreciate being here. <laughs> and his boss keeps on repeating, okay, I understand your wife has just died. Take all the time you need. And he goes, yeah. 
it's really difficult, but it's like, no, we get that you're grieving, but take all the time you need. He's like, yeah, sometimes well, I just... By the way, it's, like, that, it's not literally what happens in the no, film. No, but it's like, it's very clear of how weird this would be. Like, the Sabeel guy, or whatever his name is, the the Big Bad's evil mm. number two, right? He walks into the room, and he goes, I've got the situation handled uh, to begin with. And Guy, who is on day one, mind you, just goes, I wouldn't trust him with anything. And it's like, what a shit way to start a job. I think what... What literally happens in the film is the guy says, I prefer to stay busy, and the other guy gives him another chance. Seriously, you can take all the time you need. And he says one more line about something about how it's been hard. That's what literally happens in the film. But what we were laughing about was, like, clearly this guy's not okay. And, like, he's clearly still talking about his grief. And his boss is going, no, seriously, you can take time off. And it's so weird. And, like, there's so many moments like that in the film where it's, it's, like, there's a moment where, like, they're trying to show, like, I think her name is Amy or whatever, but, like, main female, only real female cast member outside, I think, intern who has, like, a mom, the main character's mom. But, like, they're trying to show them, like, falling in love where it's, like, they have a date in his basement where, like, he just pulls two steaks out of his fridge that aren't cooked, which doesn't... You don't do that. That's weird. <laughs> right? And then they show them, like, having a weird date in their basement where, like, she's helping him try on clothes that he already owns. Yeah, and show, <laughs> showing him how to walk properly. Right, like, it's a weird... And, like, the meat cute was weird and awkward. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, like, he bumps into her once, and then he bumps into her again when they're turning in their test papers, and she just goes, stay, and then takes his paper and puts it down. And I, I look at that moment, I go, if I'm in class and someone says that to me, I'm going to go, who the fuck are you? <laughs> uh, I'm, trying to, I'm just going through my list here. Uh what, would you like to talk about the black scientist? Do you, do, you, do you have anything to say about him? Any any comments, kind of questions, concerns? My, my two favorite scenes with the black scientist are when they gave him a gun twice in the well, movie. Well, tell us about him. Uh, tell the audience at home about the black guy. He is a young African-American male, clearly intelligent because he's working on a matter transporter. Yeah. Whose basic goal in the film is to up the cool quotient of every scene he's in by like thirty percent. And how and how does he do that? He really does that by hitting all the hip cool phrases <laughs> that black people are, I guess, intrinsically known for. Like no character development at all, other than the fact of like he he thinks he may have met Jesus and he's like pretty certain he met Jesus, but he's not 100% certain he met Jesus. I still can't believe you haven't hit on the most important part of this character. Tell me something about how he talks. I, I, I'm trying to work my way into it, but I, I want to describe it as jive. 
yeah. Yeah. Everything he says sound like this. Yes. And he never says shit. But right. at the end of each sentence he says, he's clearly going, gee. Right, yeah. <laughs> Again, it's the it's the it's a weird black stereotype to run into. Because like he's the first one, by the way, out of that entire gang of people that talks to Jesus. Yeah. Because that's the secret <laughs> Jesus downloads English.exe. <laughs> I would like to point out, I was just about to say you segued me. When she guy starts talking to Jesus and telling him what's happening. He's like, I'm from the future, you're gonna die, blah blah blah. Jesus says that's impossible. So Jesus, who is God, right. is like, dude, come on. You, right. you can't time travel and send people back in time. Yes. That's impossible. I love the notion that Je- Jesus is able to download English, but time travel is beyond him. <laughs> uh Anyone who's familiar with the Christ story knows that Peter denies that he knows Jesus three times. Right. In this movie, Peter denies that he knows Jesus three times to one of the people from the future. Which made Does me... Does he, though? He did. Like, yes, he did. Three times. Uh, I, that no, made, my, my whole point is because in that specific moment, he's speaking and what I assume they thought was Greek. Okay. But, like... The main character is speaking in English. So there's like... But they're clearly... He's clearly saying... I mean, the the interaction's very obvious. He's going, you know Jesus. And Peter's kind of like throwing his hands up going, ah, I don't know that right, guy. But here's, here's the problem with that. And don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying right. because that makes logical sense. But what I'm saying is, as far as Peter is concerned... There is a naked dude in Tim's, right, standing in front of him, speaking in a language that he doesn't understand, right? Sure. He could be asking about Jesus. He could also be asking, where's the nearest restroom? And Peter would have no idea. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, oh, God. This is like sliders, except the, like all there is a theology. What I consider be a Last Temptation of Christ reference in this movie. At one point, while Jesus... When she... Or are you talking about another scene? I'm talking about when Jesus was being crucified, somebody says to him... I can't remember who it was now. But somebody says to him, if you're the Son of God, you can get down off of that cross. Which is what... That's the whole point of The Last Temptation of Christ. Is that Jesus chooses not to get down off the cross when he could have at any moment. So I just thought it was really fun. The Last Temptation used to be like the most offensive two Christians movie ever. And now it's like a throwaway reference <laughs> right. in in a vastly more offensive film. Right, yeah, I know. I also love the fact of like the crucifixion happens. And later on in the film, they definitely have Roman soldiers in front of the stone. Yes. Right? But for some reason, none of them are actually the actual crucifixion. Once they're up, so, oh yeah, they yeah, didn't even what, put Roman soul. They yeah. didn't do the stab with the spear. Any no, of that stuff. nothing. Like once oh, they're up there, know. they're just like, eh, they'll be fine, right? Like no one's gonna take them down. Uh, so when when they first figure out that they have been able to transfer matter, excuse me, at the beginning of the film, 
basically in the film they stumble upon time travel. They figure they they can move the thing from one platform to the other. Right. That's their original goal is to create yeah. a teleporter. To, to, yeah, to create a teleporter. But then the main character starts to realize, well, I have to factor in time as well. It takes a certain amount of time for an object to go from point A to point B. Right. So he accidentally... Uh, so when they successfully do it, they for a split second, they actually move a chair from one platform to the other. The main bad guy, who we don't know is the main bad guy up to this point, he's the leader of the research company... He comes in and he's all smiles. He's like, you guys did it. You guys did it. And he tells his team, he goes, I want you guys to lock down this room exactly the way it is right now. And then he moves them to another laboratory that has two platforms. So they they just have the same technology on another floor. So, like, the weirdest thing about that is, like... There's the clear implication earlier in the film of, like, he has multiple teams working on this. Which I go, I understand that, right? That sounds like a thing that a researcher... I didn't even put that together, because to me, I I was assuming that my four main characters were the only ones working on matter transference. So, like, there there is a couple of, like, throwaway lines in there of, like, we have multiple teams working on this. So he moved them to the better facility. Right. But here's my problem with that, though is the entire way they build up this dude in the beginning of the film is they go, well, he's the only one that aced this quantum physics test. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if he's the only one who aced the quantum physics test... Why didn't he have the good life? Right, why didn't he have the good life from the (laughs) get-go? Why did you collect this other group of morons, apparently, to work with him and stick him in a shitty lab if you clearly thought... Because they read that article of like, oh, well, they've just hired these four new researchers. And it's like, if you're working on this project already, and this guy's supposed to be the smartest guy you can hire, who is a dick, by the way? <laughs> like, we keep on glossing over that fact, but like, there's never a moment in this film where he's not a dick to people. For like, no reason. The main character? Yeah. I guess. Like, remember, like... In the very beginning of the film, where we're meeting, I'm gonna call him Jives McGee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm calling everyone <laughs> from now, from this point forward, so we can clarify. I'm gonna call every character something McGee. Got it. Female character is Tits McGee, mm-hmm. not because she's a woman, but because they took every moment possible <laughs> to have her stick her chest yeah. out. Even she when had she big tits. She had cleavage, not not porn cleavage, but she definitely right. had cleavage. But they also made sure she had a cross on her on her neck, right, just above her beautiful brown cleavage. <laughs> right, hard nips several times in this movie. Right, and they mm-hmm. even when she's di- dying and or dead, even when Jesus is talking to her, she's still yeah. slumped on the ground, Arched. pushing her like chest out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so she gets tits McGee. Yeah, I'm gonna call. Uh, hit not Fez. <laughs> not Fez. <right? laughs> not Fez. <laughs> That's the Hispanic guy who got caught in the right? dystopian future. Yeah. Right? And I'm gonna call uh, the black guy Jabs McGee because clearly the last time the director of this film saw a black guy in the movie <laughs> it was from like the 1970s. She. Right. He was like, "Oh, cool. Do they still say Jive Turkey? <laughs> no. All right. What would they say in 2000? Like." <laughs> And I'm going to call the main character Dix McGee because okay, he is such an asshole. Okay. 
Because, yeah. like, every time he talks to someone, he's either condescending their beliefs. Like, legitimately, his girlfriend's a Christian, and he goes, God doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And she goes, how could you say that? Don't can... mock me, she says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh... But, oh, man, it's so bad. I noticed uh, a few things. Uh, you... So we had a little time travel glitch there ourselves. <laughs> uh, I did notice that... <clears throat> so, the two guys from the future are stuck in the past. This is the guy who killed Jesus originally. Taps McGee. Taps McGee. And then his buddy, well, the guy he didn't like but was working with him, Samir, right. or whatever that guy's name was. So they're just... Minion McGee. Minion <laughs> McGee. So Taps McGee and Minion McGee. <clears throat> and, uh... They're just stranded in the past, and I can't remember what they were trying to do, but they were going to move on and do some recon to see what was going on. And along the way, Minion grabs a tomato. I know I already said all this, but he steals a tomato. So because he stole that tomato, they end up being the thieves that are on either side of Jesus during the crucifixion. It occurred to me <clears throat> that in the original Jesus story, there was a trial. And then Jesus went through a legit trial. Mm. And the P, you know, give us Barabbas, and I wash my hands, of the, all that. And then I realized, wow, these Roman soldiers just went straight to crucifixion <laughs> over one tomato. The other guy didn't even steal the tomato. But Minion McGee got pissed and started shooting Roman soldiers. Right. For <laughs> when, no reason. Yeah, just because they stepped to him. Right. And uh, so that he's the one who rejects Jesus. You you think this guy's the son of God? You're an idiot. Um, you, you know what's the thing that I legit don't understand though, because Minion brings up a great point like moments before that scene where he goes, "We should just go home." All right. Did they have their Fitbits at that point? They did have their Fitbits okay. at that point because let, he goes, let... "We should just go home," and then for whatever reason, oh, because the other guy who. In the past, had killed Jesus, but in this Taps time, McGee, yeah. Taps McGee had killed Jesus, but in this current timeline, had not yet killed Jesus. Right. He says, "No, we're gonna finish what we started," Sorry. because he's so angry at God because his wife was killed that he's got beef with Jesus. Right. And he's going to finish the job. Right. And it's one of those moments where it's like, uh, why? Right. Like what? Don't you think you should have left? Like, what recon are you doing here? <laughs> well, no, because he wants to finish the job to go kill Jesus. Even though Jesus was apparently right on schedule to be crucified. Oh, we should also mention that Jives McGee is the guy who ends up carrying Jesus' cross for oh, yeah, that's when true. Jesus starts to fall. Um, little things. I noticed this one. I'm sure you noticed a million. But they're one of their... Uh, security doors that you had to use a handprint to open. At least one of those was just a wooden door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it wasn't even... They just were just in someone's house and glued a thing on the wall. <laughs> um, what, one of the things... What, speaking of the technology of this film, one of the things that I love is in this movie, they constantly reference technology in this way of, like, oh, certain things won't work unless we have a thing, right? Mm. So you can't travel back in time unless you got your Fitbit. Let's let's talk about that right. for a second, because we mentioned it once. Uh, <clears throat> when they realize they have a time machine on their hands, 
bad guy McGee, the guy who runs the research facility, who wants Jesus dead, who wants a Muslim utopia, that guy who has Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> right. <laughs> because I, I, I just feel like we're flooding the audience with so much information. His parents were killed by radical Muslims... He is now a radical Muslim, and the only explanation they give is because his parents were Christians. They were killed because they were Christians, and then someone says he must have Stockholm Syndrome. So that guy tells Dix McGee, you got to get this thing working to where we can like send people back in time in three days. Right. In three days' time, Dick McGee had come up with these Fitbits that you have to have on your wrist in order to be able to travel through time. And there's not a whole lot of explanation beyond right. that. Like, he just accidentally figured out time travel, but has figured out an entire Fitbit that has been manufactured. There's very many of them. Right. Like, there's, there's just... Like not, there's, like, 12 of them? Something like that, sure. Like... He's got enough of them that a lot of characters can go back in time. And then... When they need to experiment, they just put one of their poor security guys at gunpoint and throw a fitment on him. Like, right. get on the thing or we're going to shoot you in the head. Part of the, th- part of the reason why I mentioned the fact that the He-Man manufactured like 12 of them, right, is because the insane thing is later on in the film they go, well, we don't have enough Fitbits to send everyone back through time. So that, that part made like, no sense to me. Cause, so then the big bad guy... Sends people back in time to try to, to try to stop Dix McGee without Fitbits, and so of course when they land, they just evaporate. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, but the problem I have with that is li- literally, you have all the time in the world to make more. Yeah. Right, and this is this is a general problem I have with a lot of time travel movies. Right, Back to the Future I think did great because they went okay, we have a specific window for us to capture lightning in a bottle right right and move forward but most time travel movies go oh man we gotta beat the clock right we gotta beat the clock and it's like dude you're literally going back and forth throughout (laughs) time you have all the time in the world you can wait 50 years until you've perfected the thing you're working on and still make things happen where the when they're supposed to happen right why does this need to be done in three days you couldn't wait three years? Right, right. Like, there's no reason for you to rush this, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. When they when they discover Big Bad Guy's plan to uh, go back in time and kill Jesus, right. they call it the ultimate jihad. Right, yes! <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, it's the ultimate oh. jihad to go back in time and kill Jesus. Oh, God. To which, what can we talk real quick about how they discover big bad like plot to kill Jesus to yes. begin with? Tits McGee and Dick McGee. Hey, that's fun. Dick and Tits. <laughs> they're making out behind by the way, there's it's not real clear whether or not they're chased. Because right, we know yeah. she's pretty devout. And I, she's too hot. You wouldn't she was a dime piece. You you're not gonna not fuck her. Right. So I don't know what's going on there. But she pulls him behind some equipment to start making out with him. And then out of nowhere, something just beeps. And he goes, hey, somebody's communicating with the outside. Then just vaguely plugs a cord into a hole. And he watches a FaceTime conversation (laughs) between the main bad guy of the film and, like, 
the leader of some terrorist <laughs> organization. <laughs> which also... Which means... leads to the line, hey, why would he work with him? <laughs> His parents were killed because they were Christians. <laughs> it must be <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Right. My favorite thing about that moment, too, is, one, he goes, it's an encrypted outside conversation. <laughs> so it's like, so in other words, like, you've just been spying on your employer this whole time? Like... <laughs> Because there's a lot of moments in this film where I go, I'm not talking about for theological reasons, but I go, Ahmed here, or Ahmed, or Big Bad. Let's call right? him Big Bad. Big Bad. He's absolutely right to be like, this dude's shifty as fuck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, I don't think that he... I, I didn't get from that that he's regularly dipping in on his boss. He just says... Somebody's talking on an outside right. line. I should look into this. Why should you look into that? Why would you care? See, but that to me, that's the problem. Because I go, that has to be the... Tra it's either that train of thought, or this guy has just been spying on his boss in the ring for, like, no reason. Yeah, every time there's any kind of outside communication he just taps into right it. because how else would he re how else would you recognize that beep in a server room full of beeps to specifically be like it's an outside conversation which <laughs> reminds me kind of there's a moment i want to go back and hear the line again because maybe somebody said something in between but they realize they can't replicate the time travel technology without Dix McGee. Right. And in in the span of one sentence, they say he encrypted it, he deleted it, and he shredded it. Yes. <laughs> and I have to believe that somebody in the room said, "Are there hard copies?" He shred. But I'm not sure that happened. I think yes, in the movie, no. in one sentence, somebody said something about how he encrypted, deleted, and shredded it. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I feel like that's one of those moments where it's like, the line was written of like, are there any hard files? And he was like, no, they shredded it. But for whatever reason, the actor who was playing that moment just said he, de he encrypted them, deleted them, and <laughs> shredded them. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh, uh, Sheet McGee, Jives McGee, uh, at one point, Dix McGee gives him a gun, and he just totally knows how to use the gun. Yeah. He's got, he's pulling the clip out and looking at him, and we're like, oh, was that because he's the black guy? Right. Is that why? The scientist black guy? Right. Who's and supposed to be a genius? And it's so weird, because I go, I could understand, I could understand any of these characters knowing how to use a gun. Like, that's fine, Right. But the weird thing is, like, Dix McGee has the gun on him for the majority of the time he's in the past. Oh, and then he just hands it over. Right. And says, if we end up in the future, I need you to kill them. Right, and it's like, why? Like, you don't know how to use this all of a sudden? <laughs> oh, but later, like, later when he goes back in time to save his parents for, like... And he just rambos it. By and rambos way. it, right. and he totally knows how to hold it. Like, he's right. got that hold-it-to-the-ground motion, and... Oh, God. Yeah, I feel like... Oh, okay. I don't know if this episode would make any sense to someone who hasn't seen this movie. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Go see the movie. Yeah. The, can we also talk about the fact of, like, he rambos his way to save his mom and dad, right? So he he, he just kills two people to save his mom and dad, mm -hmm. which I go, okay, I kind of understand. His dad then shows up later 
holding a gun. Oh yeah. Where we kind of go like right Dang. before right before the full western shootout at the end of the film. His dad is just there with a gun. Right. And we don't know where that <laughs> gun came from. How did he get a gun? Right. And it's like did he take it out <laughs> one of the other guys? But even then, dad never shoots anybody. No, he gets like, shot in the leg. He, right. And it's and part of me goes. So dad obviously has a firearm and knows how to use a firearm, but just decides to get shot in the kneecap Also, oh, I think I actually wrote this down, or I forgot to. Um, So, big bad guy wants to get the time travel code, because Dix McGee encrypted, deleted, and shredded the information. (laughs) So bad guy McGee wants to get the code or the information why he's trying to be able to use the time travel stuff without needing Dix McGee to do it so he's having Dix McGee tortured that's not working so then he's like all right it didn't work I hope it didn't have come to this and he brings in Dix McGee's parents and ends up killing them which is why Dix McGee later (laughs) but Dix McGee later goes back to save his parents but that means if you look at the timeline of the film he, like, immediately found out, oh, shit, uh, Dick McGee, his name is Ram. Dick McGee's name is Ram, I just is remembered. It? Yeah. Ram, he's like, oh, shit, we can't find Ram. Once, go get him and get the information as soon as possible. And then he has the parents, which means he either had the parents all along, yeah. <laughs> like, was just, just waiting for a moment to shoot these parents. Like, there's no concept of when he would have gone to go collect the parents and bring them into the room. It's just like, I I guess he had them ready the whole time. I I love that notion because that flows into like several other things in the movie where it's like, okay, these events don't make any sense. (laughs) Right. And like, like for example, he goes, take him to the containment room room and then they just bring him to like a warehouse yeah. which is clearly full of things <laughs> right right so it's like why would you call this the containment room what was funny like, is you immediately went why would there be a containment room in a research facility <laughs> it's like how often is this happening right plus also the i remember saying it at the towards the end of the film i go imagine trying to explain any of this to a cop why all these people are dead why this guy's wearing old school bible clothes it's like oh well okay so it's kind of complicated to explain but like the owner of this multi-million dollar company uh kidnapped us but at that point in the film the only one who had time traveled was the main character ram he went to a past that happened before all of this time travel had occurred. Right. He was the one who even knew that... T- because when he starts to confront uh, the guy who hates God who killed Jesus, that guy's like, hey, I haven't killed anyone. Because at that point right. in the timeline, he, had- he hadn't killed anyone right. yet. So it's like... It's like... Again, imagine trying to explain any of this to a cop. Right. You're like, all right, well, we murdered him because theoretically... (laughs) We knew that eventually he was going to make me go back in time to kill Jesus. Jesus. But then my dead wife used her zany British accent to send a message through that guy. I don't know why she couldn't tell me, but she told him to tell me. (laughs) Right. Oh, no, wait. 
He's still dead in that moment. Or, well, maybe not well, dead. No, he's, he ends up in a wheelchair. Right. Because he got shot up. And then they go back and save his family. Because now they're a team of time-traveling right. do-gooders. Yeah, it's um, like the beginning of a Saturday morning cartoon right. show. Also, can we talk about how he saves their family? Is literally he gets hit by a bus. No, he vanishes before the bus. Oh, he just it. vanishes Yeah, before? that's why okay. he's, he's dressed as a construction worker. He holds up a stop sign, like a little handheld stop sign. And right before the bus hits him, he van he goes misty, but his helmet fell off and the stop sign hit the ground. Right. So his clothes went with him, but the helmet. And <laughs> yeah. The- so did he just drop them? Like, yeah. Was that- okay. You actually see. You actually saw the helmet fall off his head. And okay. He, and he left so- him. He left him a message on the back of the stop sign. When you get to this research facility, call the FBI. Okay. Because because they's terrorists. Okay, makes way more sense now. <laughs> yeah. I will get I will give them credit because of my the way I saw that scene, it legitimately looked like he popped into existence and then the truck <laughs> mowed him no. down. So like because there me, was no bodies. Okay, because to me, I was looking like. I was looking at that scene as though, like, that truck driver was going to murder somebody no matter what happened. He had just decided, hey, man, I'm tired of this job. I'm coming to the next person I see. Uh, we're at an hour. We could go another three talking right. about this movie. Do you have any closing comments about Assassin 33 AD? Uh, I, for one, cannot wait for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, when they're in the end times. <laughs> yes. Because I, the Antichrist needs them. Right. Uh, they should be played in every conservative Christian oh, uh, Sunday school. Uh, specifically Sunday school. Or like teen youth group, right? Sure, sure. Let, let, let it be played for like a teen youth group where like, you know... Everyone has, like, a good time one of those, like, weird parties, <laughs> right? Where, like, everyone's having fun and we're all pretending we're all chased and, like, no one's going to go out and, like, make out with one another and then do hand stuff, mm. you know? <laughs> hand stuff. Well, uh, go see the movie Assassin 33 AD. I hope that you saw the movie before you listen to this because <laughs> yes. this episode will make zero, zero sense, sense if you haven't. And, uh, so, so, so how about this? Uh, how about this? Uh, uh, uh.